In the race to success, we're not all starting from the same place. Level the Pursuit seeks to fill in the gaps and provide accessible, bite-sized leadership lessons for anyone looking to improve their skills and prepare for the next step, whatever that might be. Welcome back, my friends. It is such a pleasure to be back. <laughs> I know it's been a little while, but I got kind of busy and honestly didn't plan ahead, and here we are. So that's one of the things about doing something for fun is that... Uh, unfortunately, job and life and all that kind of stuff gets in the way sometimes. But here I am, and hopefully the next few weeks you're going to make up for it because I have some great stuff in store. Today I want to talk about being an introvert versus being an extrovert. If you've heard of Susan Cain's book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking, you know that there are mainstream as well as obviously industry perspectives on introversion and extroversion. Today I want to talk a little bit about that, about what that means to you as a leader and ways to approach that as you move forward. So I'm sure you've heard the terms before, introversion and extroversion, but what are we talking about here? Well, honestly, there's tons of ways to evaluate this and lots of things that people take into account. It's personality, it's where you get your energy, it's what kind of experiences that you enjoy, and it's how you interact with others. Introverts tend to be more inward focused. They tend to have a lower uh, tolerance for stimuli and get their energy from being alone, preferring to work alone as well. They're usually pretty able to concentrate and good at working on complex problems. Extroverts tend to seek and are motivated by new experiences. They have a high tolerance for stimuli. They're able to have a lot of things going on at one time and they really enjoy it. And they get their energy from people. They like to work in groups. Now, when you think the word introvert or extrovert, someone may come to mind right off the bat. But then there's probably lots of people in your circle that don't stick out. And the thing is, we all have to manage both aspects of our personality. It's more of a spectrum. Now, there's certainly there's people that think of it as all or nothing, but I think it's more of a spectrum. Depending on the circumstances you're in, the people you're around, what tasks you have to complete, I think we all kind of adjust to what the situation needs. And so some of us are going to naturally be more on one side than the other, but others may be kind of close to the middle where they're able to adjust and figure it out based on what's needed at the time. And when we talk about leadership, that's really what's important. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, it really doesn't matter. They're both important and they're both totally reasonable ways to look at the world. But the fact is, as leaders, we need to do our best to be the leader that the organization needs. So whether you find yourself strongly introverted or strongly extroverted, it really makes sense to examine those parts of your personality and then figure out a way to either mitigate them when you need to or to complement them with members of your team so that you can make sure you're able to cover all the bases in your leadership circle. So why does this matter? Why do I bring it up? <laughs> we live in an extroverted world. If you think about the transition to using teams to open work environments to music and unstructured environments where people are supposed to collaborate and brainstorm together and all this kind of stuff those are very extroverted ways of doing business but the fact is 25 to 40 percent of the population is introverted so that means all of these things that we're doing to create create a better environment are actually counterintuitive to almost half of the people in our workspaces so I'm not saying you should change any of those things because many of them are really good for creating a collaborative environment, creating team cohesion, but they're not necessarily going to get the most productivity out of your more introverted employees. So it's good to have an idea of what you're looking at. 
one aspect of introversion and extroversion is sensitivity. And sensitive, sensitivity takes a lot of forms. It can be actually actual emotional sensitivity where people get worked up about some things and other people don't get worked up at all. But it can also be sensitivity to the environment, to pollen, to whatever it is. Our body is a series of chemical reactions. And some of us have a threshold that reacts much more easily than others. So if you're a high sensitivity person, the chances are higher that you are introverted, but the fact is there are plenty of extroverts that are high sensitivity and there are introverts who are low sensitivity. But what does that mean for you? It means that some people in your work environment, whether they're introverted or extroverted, are going to react to things a little bit more strongly than others. And so before you get worked up and think they're looking for reasons to complain, you have to actually understand that this might be chemical. It might be in their brains and they're doing the best they can with everything around them. So as a leader, how can you use this information? If you're leading an introvert, there are a lot of things to think about. Number one, feedback. Introverts tend to think, think, take things really personally. They are very introspective. They're usually very self-aware. And honestly, they've probably already been beating themselves up before you start to give them feedback. Now, if this is new feedback, then they may take it very, very personally because as I've said before, Pain is not painful, surprise is painful. So if this comes out of nowhere for them, then it might really, really take them aback. So you really have to couch your feedback in a way that they can hear it. Now, I'm not saying to sugarcoat it. We've talked about this before. I think clear is kind, as Brene Brown would say. I think you have to be very clear about your feedback. But you need to understand, if someone emotionally is going to take it more personally, then you need to prepare them for that. Additionally, in their workspace, you have to give them time to work. If you have someone who has an introverted preference, they probably want to work alone. So forcing them to do all of their productivity in teams or in groups is you're not going to get the best out of them. So give people the option to work alone when they can to work in teams others at other time, because you have to make sure if you want the best out of them, then you're allowing them to create the conditions where they can give you their best. Same goes for workspace conditions. If you have an open environment or people are allowed to play music or have conversations, that's going to be really, really distracting for someone that is more introverted. So you're going to have to make sure that you, as much as possible, give them an opportunity to work in an area that is conducive to how they like to think and how their brain can work at its most optimal level. Shyness is not an introverted trait, although it does come uh, a little bit more commonly with sh with introversion, but shyness is that feeling of being, it is painful to have to interact with people or to speak in front of people. And public speaking is regarded as one of the most stressful things, one of the biggest phobias in our country. So anybody can be afraid of public speaking or can be shy in, in doing presentations, but introverts tend to be more so. So if you're gonna have them do that, give them plenty of notice. Give them opportunities to practice. Make sure that the information they're giving and the format that they're going to be presenting in are comfortable and practiced so that they can put their best foot forward. And then give them opportunities to develop. Now, when we talk about cultivating an environment that is conducive to both introverts and extroverts, we have to remember that the business environment is still more extroverted. So even if you have someone who's strongly introverted and they like being that way, if they want to get ahead, if they have goals to continue to promote or to make you know, strides or to leave the industry, to, to get bigger in the industry, 
they're more than likely going to have to cultivate some of those networking skills, presentation skills, abilities to interact with others. So talk to them about what their goals are and then give them opportunities to do that. You don't want to spring it on them because, again, it can be really stressful to do that. But you do want to create opportunities for them to grow and become more effective in those, especially those areas that are difficult for them. And then as you try to create team building and connection, be aware that people connect in different ways. So provide opportunities in big groups, but also provide opportunities in small groups or in pairs, maybe team lunches that people break up into smaller groups. Don't shame them for not wanting to be part of the big group or for being uncomfortable talking in a big, in a big group. That's not comfortable for everyone. It causes additional stress. And if you're trying to build cohesion, causing additional stress is not going to be a good thing. Now, if you're an introvert leading extroverts, how do you approach that? Well, feedback, same thing. Extroverts might be a little less astute sometimes uh, with respect to introspection. They're not, obviously extroverts are plenty intelligent. I don't mean to imply that they're not intelligent, but they may not respond to subtle feedback. So you may have to be more direct with your feedback. So you have for each person, we've talked about feedback before and I have a podcast on it, but you have to gauge the person you're talking to and make sure they actually get the gist of what you're trying to get them. Because if you tiptoe around it, they're not going to get any better. And for extroverts, same goes with their workspace and their time to work. If they are deriving their energy and feeling more effective when they're in a group, then give them some chance to do that. If they need noise, then putting them in a, a totally silent work area by themselves with the door closed is not going to get the best out of them. It's going to drive them absolutely to distraction, trying to figure out how to keep themselves entertained so that they can function because that degree of stimuli is too low for them and that's frustrating. So you want to create conditions where they can actually listen to music or talk to others or collaborate and do those things in the way that help them to be the most effective. When we talk about opportunities to develop, extroverts may be less comfortable with those one-on-one -on -one interactions. They may be great in a group, although extroverts can still have stage fright, they can still have fears of public speaking, they can still even be shy, but they're less likely to be so. But they may have a harder time with those one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentorship and collaboration. So maybe give opportunities for that, find out what their goals are so that you can also help them develop those areas of their, of their personality and their professional being. And then same thing with team building and connection. If they like big parties, then have some big parties now and then see what works. And if you can, create a team of different personalities to plan your events. That way you can make sure that everyone has an opportunity to feel like something is out there for them. Now, as a leader, how do you approach these things? If you're an introverted leader, it can be really difficult to establish boundaries because it can be easy for people to talk over you or to undermine your authority. So you have to stick up for yourself. If you need backup, then establish it. But at some point as a leader, you're going to have to stand up for yourself. So if you have to practice at home in front of a mirror, you need to do that. If you have to practice in front of friends that, that help you to cultivate your way of speaking, your voice, all of those things, the words that you use, then do that. But you have to be able to establish boundaries as a leader. As an extrovert, you need to recognize Having a big personality might be a little overwhelming for some of the people that you're in charge of. And then further having authority make it, may make it even harder for them to relate to you and to feel comfortable speaking up. So if you're an introvert, you're going to have to push forward. But if you're an extrovert, there may be times that you want to pull back in order to make it a safe space for the people around you. 
I will never, ever, ever say that you should not be who you are. I was told for a long time to change who I was and to not be who I am. And I really don't like that. I think that we all need to be able to bring our authentic selves to work. But if you care about your subordinates, you care about your team and your colleagues, there are times that you can temper the way you do things to make sure that they feel safe, to give you their opinions, to be able to voice their concerns, and to be able to collaborate effectively. So that's a that's a real skill that you have to balance. I'm still learning it. If you get it all figured out, please drop me a note so that you can help me too. But never be afraid to be your authentic self. Just make sure that you're monitoring the people around you so you can let them do the same. Next, you have to structure your day around your energy and effectiveness. And this goes for introversion, extroversion, and when, what part of the day you feel most effective is it varies for everyone. I'm a total night owl. I'm better in the afternoons and the evenings. Um, my husband is bright and shiny early in the morning and he can go all day. And it's just, it, it's uh, honestly, it's really annoying. I'm annoyed, <laughs> I'm annoyed how smart he is first thing in the morning. But you have to figure out what that is. But along with that, if you are someone that is fairly introverted and you have big meetings where you have to do a lot of socializing or networking, you need to be aware that right afterwards, you're probably gonna need time to recharge. I have friends that have worked for very important, you know, flag officers or business people, and they have said how these people had to go and just turn on the charm, speak in front of Congress, do, do whatever it is, do high-powered, extremely important things, but then their calendar was clear for the rest of the afternoon and, they, and no one could come talk to them because it took so much out of them to do that. And even if you're extroverted, it may do that just because it's so the stress and the importance of some of these meetings may, may take a lot out of you. But the flip side is you may be raring to go. So if you're an introvert and you have a meeting that butts up to lunch, maybe going to lunch is not going to be the best fit for you unless you are able to keep it turned on for another hour and a half. But an extrovert, maybe, maybe that's the time that you want to put your social time in because you're jazzed up from being able to, to be on at the meeting. You have to look at your energy, see what takes something out of you, what jazzes you up, what gets you going, and then plan your day accordingly as much as you're able. Next, you want to cultivate a team that complements your strengths. And I know this isn't always possible for everyone, but... When you can, find people that have different viewpoints, different personalities, uh, different backgrounds, all of those things. I mean, all of them, that cognitive diversity is so important. But when it comes to the introversion, extroversion thing, you can really see that because you can see how they can connect with a different part of the group, a different part of the population than you can. And so together, hopefully you can have good insight into what your group needs, what your organization needs. So you can provide a leadership team that is able to meet all of those goals as opposed to trying to do it all yourself. And then when we talk about kind of the nuts and bolts of actually leading people, introverts tend to be hands-off in general. And when they do engage with their people, it tends to be one-on-one, -on -one, a lot of analysis, potentially a lot of feelings, it tends to be very detailed, but it's not going to be with the group. It's not going to be global type of engagement in general. Where extroverts tend to be more hands-on. They tend to be in the workspaces, engaging with people, being seen, and being available. Now, both of these are fantastic leadership styles. But the flip side of that is that introverts tend to be so hands-off that there can be times that their people don't feel as supported. And because introversion 
has a connotation sometimes of being aloof or detached or not as engaged with the environment, they can look like they don't care. And so if you're a strong introvert, you may have to work to let your people know that you care and you may need to look for opportunities to engage with them to make sure that they feel supported. But extroverts tend to be very engaged and very involved and that can easily turn into micromanagement. And so if you're really engaged with your people, you're talking to them, you have what's going on, you know, you need to make sure that you're also not telling them how to do their jobs and that you're paying enough attention to their mentorship that you're able to get beyond the superficial because it's pretty easy to learn a little bit about everybody, but going that extra mile to get that deeper analysis and that deeper feedback can be a little bit exhausting for an extrovert. So you may need to spend some time doing that. And then when we talk about going into relationships, introverts and extroverts see things very differently. (laughs) One of the biggest places you see this is the social life. Introverts tend to prefer smaller, more intimate gatherings, probably not as frequent. They're going to need time to chill and recharge. For me, if I get home, my husband knows, if I get home from work (laughs) and I get to chill and be alone and recharge, I am not leaving again. (laughs) So if he wants to go somewhere, we have to go straight from work because once I get home, I ain't leaving again. And he knows that. But extroverts are often ready to go. They want to party. That's how they recharge is engaging with people, is going and listening to music and having noise and having people around and all that extra stimuli. So if you know someone that likes that, that's wonderful. But if you're the opposite, something you really need to understand is just as you need your alone time, they need that together time. It's very easy to look through your own lens and think, okay, this is inherent. This is, this is the normal way to be. And they just want those things. Those are their preferences. But the fact is when people come from that other lens, this is their need every bit as much as you feel yours. So you have to find a way to compromise, especially in a couple. And loyalty and trust are important to everyone in relationships, re- relationships but introverts may have a little stronger threshold for their loyalty. Once it's given, it can be very, very strong. Um, And once you lose it, very often you cannot get it back. If you violate an introvert's trust, it can be devastating because it's also part of, they internalize it. It's part of their identity conversation sometimes. So that can be really, really hard. One of the ways you can see this is that introverts may create situations for you to have to prove your love because they're telling themselves, they spend so much time in their heads very often that they tell themselves a whole story around your actions or the things that you do or say. And so you may find yourself having to disprove the story that they've told themselves. So as an extrovert, I would ask you, have some patience with this. Understand it's not intentional. They're not looking for things about you. This is just how their brain is wired. And so be patient with them. But introverts, if you love an extrovert and you find yourself giving them tests that they continually fail, you need to step back and realize that unless they've given you a reason to doubt their love, they are showing it to you. So be careful to check the story you're telling yourself because all of the things that you're constructing around what might be a harmless action are actually detrimental to your relationship. So having open communication and really working toward it, being honest about feeling underappreciated or taken for granted or ignored, those are really important emotions to share, 
but understand that our brains are wired differently. And so how we can interpret the same circumstances can be very, very different depending on how we look at things. And then as I mentioned before with feedback, same thing goes in discussions or if you have a fight, introverts often are so introspective that they're already beating themselves up. But if they believe they're right, they probably have constructed a whole rationale as to how you can't possibly be right in this because they're right. So it can be really, really difficult because much of this is internalized and in trying to disprove this, you may actually be threatening their identity conversation. So I don't really have a good answer for how to fix that one. <laughs> I think honesty is really the best one and understanding um, being very careful. My my husband is also kind of introverted. Um, he's a little less introverted than I am, but he's really good at being honest about what he sees when I say or do something that is showing that I'm feeling vulnerable or that I am feeling underappreciated. He recognizes that and he's very open about telling me what he sees so that I can so we can talk about it openly. That's a really important thing and I'm really grateful for that. It's not easy for everyone. So if you're an extrovert and you love an introvert, please be patient with them. But if you're an introvert and you love an extrovert, you have to be patient too. They are not privy to the stories that you've told yourself. <laughs> and if you let them in, honestly, they may not be able to follow all of it because, you know, the way our brains work is unique to each of us. But be patient. If you really love someone, you got to understand that they are doing the best they can just like you are. So when we talk about introversion and extroversion, we can talk about the energy that we get from others or the energy we get from alone. We can talk how, about how we interact with people. We can talk about being social or antisocial. It really doesn't matter how you define it. If, so, if some of this stuff kind of resonated with you, do an online personality assessment and just kind of see what it says. See if there's stuff that makes you feel a little bit understood. I will tell you, reading Susan Cain's book, there's the part about high sensitivity was so amazing for me because there was a lot of time that I felt like I was just imagining the nuance that I saw, or, or someone told me I was imagining the nuance that I saw in so many of the interactions around me. But it's an interesting thing. And regardless of what label you put on it or how you decide to view it, it's helpful to get more insight into how you think and how you interpret the world and then to try to apply that to improving your relationship with others. Now, I will say, again, I truly believe that introversion and extroversion is a spectrum just like, honestly, every other aspect of our personality. I think if you have a room full of introverts, there are people that will become more extroverted based on the dynamics of the group. And then if you put them with someone else, they go right back to being introverted. I think our lives require that. Our, our lives require us to be sensitive sometimes and tough other times. Our lives require us to be supportive sometimes and a disciplinarian sometimes. That's, that's how it is. And you're going to adjust to the people around you. I think it's really important that you don't ever use these things as a label to pigeonhole someone or to exclude them from opportunities. So as an employer, as a subordinate, as a colleague, if you notice someone seems to be introverted, that's wonderful if you can look at those things and tr try to use that information to create an environment that is more conducive to their success and to your interaction with them. But don't use it 
as a reason to exclude them from opportunities or as a reason to prevent them from doing jobs or getting involved in projects, that kind of stuff, because that's not effective for anyone. The fact is, if we all want to be effective, we have to learn to do them all. And some of us have to learn to do them really, really well. You know, one of the things she talks about in the book is this rubber band theory that you can stretch yourself so far, but you can't ever truly become the other way. And I actually disagree. I've seen some people that you would never know were introverted, that they are amazing and effective. I think the difference is, is that it never becomes easy. It always takes more energy to do that. And I think that's true of anything that's counter to your natural personality. If you look at Myers-Briggs, if you look at, you know, five voices, true colors, four lenses, pick, pick a, a personality assessment. If you go through that, you are going to have to use all of those skills. But when you use the ones that don't come naturally to you, it just takes a lot more energy. And when you're stressed, you will do them less effectively uh, and, and potentially mess up a little bit more. And so I think that's true of introversion and extroversion as well. It's just one thing. But our relationships and how we communicate with others is so important that I, I like to look at these things. I like to think about, honestly, to get better insight into myself so that when I do something stupid, I can kind of understand how not to do it again. Because a lot of things, as you get older, as you become a more experienced leader, the, the problems tend to get more complicated. You tend to not just say the dumb thing. You say the dumb thing that's nuanced and difficult and, and you have to figure out how to fix it. The audience gets bigger and more complicated and the circumstances get bigger and more complicated. So think about it a little bit this week. If it works for you, cool. If it doesn't, no big deal. We'll talk about something else next week. <laughs> but hopefully, if you have someone in your life that is introverted, maybe you can make a little bit of an effort to help them to be more effective, especially if it's difficult for them. And if you have someone that's extroverted and you're not, Maybe be a little bit more supportive and go have some fun with them, especially during COVID. You know, there's been pretty decent evidence that extroverts are really struggling during COVID because of the isolation that so many people have felt. Introverts do too, but I think a lot of us were okay for like a few months. <laughs> it took a while for us to be stir crazy. But I think if you have extroverted friends that are just dying to get out and, and get engaged again, do the best you can to support them too, because it takes all of us to be successful. So that's been our discussion of introversion and extroversion on Level of Pursuit. If you enjoyed the discussion, give it a like, subscribe, or share with a friend. If you didn't, drop me a note on what I could do better. Next week, we'll talk to Brigadier General Retired Rob Novotny on what it's like to be a commander. Thanks again for joining Level of the Pursuit. While we can't choose where we start, we can choose our dreams and how we pursue them. Remember, success is a team sport and there's room for all of us to achieve our goals. So be a good leader, be a good follower, and do something great.